I'm happy to welcome you as we gather again as a Christ Journey family, wherever you're making your connection with us. And I would say this, we enter his gates with thanksgiving today. We uh, thank God that he forgives our sins, he heals our diseases, he renews our strength, and he walks us through the valley on this side that absent from the body means present with the Lord on the other side. And so wherever you're joining us from today, uh, I want to invite your prayers of blessing as well for those of our partners and our friends across the nations, in India, in Lebanon, in Brazil, in Guatemala, Ecuador, Cuba, uh, so many other nations that are partnering with us as we seek to extend the gospel around the world, and we remember them in our prayers today as well, even as we invite their prayers for us right here in South Florida. And as we welcome one another, some of you, uh, it's so great to see you for the first time in a long time, and I wonder if we couldn't just declare together, put our, our faith, give our faith voice by saying together once again after me, nothing is too hard for God. Okay, we're going to do it one more time, but we're going to turn it all the way up to 11, and I will say it, and then we'll join together, all right? Nothing is too hard for God. Nothing is too hard for God. Amen. And may His blessing meet you in that hard place today and show you that He is enough. Um, I cannot remember a time in my life, I don't think there's ever been a time in my life when I haven't prayed or been prayed for, right at my birth is where it began. The doctor came out and told my dad that uh, due to complications in my birth that my mother or I would most likely not survive the birth. Who would you save? So you know what he chose? <laughs> chose to call his mother, who activated her mission prayer group at her church at the time and prayed us through. We both made it. We're both uh, still doing mischief today. And so I'm just telling you, I believe that I am in this world as an answer to prayer. As a boy, all through my childhood, I cannot remember a time when we didn't pray, when I was not exposed to prayer. If nothing else, just saying thanks before every meal. And sometimes that's the thing I remember most. But I can tell you, when Jesus became more than a word to me, in a very personal way was when I was a freshman at Arizona State University. I was full of myself. I was running every moral stop sign that I would find. And, uh, and I was hungry. I was hungry for excitement. I was hungry for meaning. But I could not escape the consequences of my own choices. And as a result, I wound up being very... Uh, I was empty, I was desperate, I was feeling hopeless, and I even thought about suicide. But that night um, was a night of answered prayer for me. I, had, I sensed the voice of God speaking to my soul that night. I had prayed earlier, God, if you're real, watch over me tonight. And then I took the drugs, as I'd been taking before, but I took the drugs that night. And, uh, and then... I literally, with hours, came undone, and, uh, and that's when I felt God speaking to me, and you know what God was saying? I'm answering your prayer, so there was the prayer. I was praying, God, if you're real, watch over me, and God was real, took me through that night. The next day, 
He sent somebody to my dorm room. I'd never met them before, but they sat down with me. They helped me to trust Christ and then say another prayer. What was the prayer? Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you for rising from the dead. I invite you to fill me with your spirit according to your will. I remember that in that prayer. Fill me with your spirit according to your will and make me the person you want me to be. God heard that prayer. God answered that prayer. And it's part of the reason that I'm here today. You know, I keep praying that prayer. God, fill me with your spirit according to your will and make me the person you would have me to be. It's the kind of prayer that John is inviting us to understand as we turn to 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. It's known as praying, quote, according to God's will, close quote. Praying according to God's will. This is the confidence we have approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, would you say those words with me? According to his will. He hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, then we know that we have what we have asked of him. Now, if you knew that every time you prayed, every time you prayed a prayer, according to his will, that you would have what you asked for, I'm asking you, would you do it? If you knew God would hear you and answer you, would you do it? Would you pray more? If, would you want to find out what those prayers are? What are those prayers? The prayers according to his will. Why? So that you could have more of God's will fulfilled in your life, in your family, in your work, in your church your relationships, your finances, your spiritual life. You know, Martin Luther once said that prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance. It's laying hold of his willingness, his willingness. Jesus taught us to pray. He said, ask, seek, knock. And we were to do it with the full assurance that If we ask, we will receive. If we seek, we will find. And if we knock then the door will be open to us, confidence as we come to him that we ought always to pray and never to faint, Jesus said. Taught the disciples, never give up, never stop praying. Also, all through the Bible, we see people praying. Prophets, priests, kings, mighty leaders, but also people like us. I mean, moms and dads, young people, boys and girls, young young men and women, People who pray, and then God answers. God hears, and then God answers. Even scientists pray. Do you know that? Dr. Francis Collins, the director of the National Institutes of Health, right now, the former director of the Human Genome Project and the mapping of the genome, he prays every day. I heard him speak one time. He says, I find no contradiction from science with my belief in the existence of a personal God who what? Answers prayer. So he says he prays, he reads his Bible every day, keeps it on his desk in the office, gets at the office early, opens the Bible, prays together through his day with God through his spirit. Jesus taught us that God is listening. He said, when you pray, you need to know that God is listening like a loving heavenly father who cares about you and who wants, who wants you to ask. Do you know that? (laughs) In the model prayer, God teaches us, Jesus teaches us that in prayer, we should ask God, that it's okay to ask God, that he actually wants us to ask him for stuff, for material things. 
Provisions, daily bread. Relational renewal, what's that? That's forgiving and being forgiven. That's how relationships go forward. Uh, for uh, moral guidance, lead us not into temptation. Help me stay out of trouble and do the right thing. And then spiritual freedom, deliver us from the evil one. But he also taught us that before we bring our asks to him, that um, we envelop them all in this decision to know God as God. That's what hallowed be thy name means. And then to welcome his reign upon and over our lives. That's your kingdom come. And then to uh, follow his will. There's that prayer. The, the, the model prayer is actually a prayer, quote, according to God's will. And then as we come in under his will, then we bring our requests seeking him from a relationship of knowing God and honoring God as loving Father in heaven who's listening and who wants to bless us as we journey with him on earth. So I said all that to say this. Prayer isn't just about getting stuff from God. Now, it does involve that, but it's not just about getting God to do things that you want. God is not a vending machine in the sky, so we don't approach prayer that way. God is not a genie who, if you rub the bottle the right way, he's going to give you three wishes. And then if you try three times and he doesn't, then you say, I'm done with that. No, God, that prayer is not like a magical incantation that if you say it the right way, then you're going to be able to bend the universe to your will. No. Prayer, for some of us, some of us come from religious backgrounds where we were taught the practice of, um, of repeating a prayer enough times, multiple times, that if in repeating a prayer enough times, three to five times a day or whatever it is, that, that you're, going to, uh, you're going to get God's attention to do what you want. Jesus doesn't say that. Jesus says God is not convinced by our much speaking he invites us into the relationship. It's a conversation. Here's what prayer is. It's a conversation that grows from trust in love and builds confidence in our creator and savior God. It's a conversation with God from your heart. But John also lets us know that prayer involves mystery. So much about prayer that I don't understand. And God is shrouded in mystery. He reveals himself to us through prayer. Prayer is how we get to know God like in a conversation, which is how the model prayer begins. But we don't bring demands for what simply we want from God. Jesus tells us that when we come to God to get to know him, we listen and learn what God wants. So we learn to start recognizing that still small voice of the Holy Spirit that guides us, that prompts us in prayer. Back in John chapter 3, he says, this is how we set our hearts at rest in God's presence when they condemn us. Does your heart ever condemn you when you're praying? What does that mean? Why would God ever want to talk to you? you know, after what you've done, after what you promised and you didn't fulfill, why would God want to, you know, your heart starts condemning you, putting guilt on you and shame on you when your heart condemns you when you think about praying. But John says he gives us great confidence. God is greater than our hearts. Chapter 3, verse 22, dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, this is his conclusion, as we step out of self-condemnation and into the confidence God gives, he says we have confidence before God. For what? And receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands. 
and we do what pleases him. Then he tells us immediately what his commands are. He says his command is to believe in the name of the Lord Jesus. And what we learned last time we were together is believing means putting your trust and in the name is kind of like the brand name. You know, when we talk about brand loyalty in our culture, we're talking about the quality of product line that keeps you coming back. Well, this was Jesus' way of saying, you can trust my name <laughs> to always produce quality. God is saying, if you ask it in the name of Jesus, it's not a magic incantation. He's saying, trust the relational credibility that we have in God the Son. And then he says, do what pleases him. Then he tells us what it is, what pleases God, love one another love one another. We've talked about this before, so I won't spend any more time there. But then he says, we receive because we ask. And as we ask, we learn what it means to give voice to our faith. Did you know God loves to hear your voice? That God loves to hear you voice your faith. In fact, you are the only person who can give voice to your faith. Your parents can't, your kids can't, your wife can't, your husband can't, your boyfriend can't, your girlfriend can't. No, only you. God is asking, listening for you to give voice to your faith. And that's what happens in prayer. We're being invited to do it. God loves to hear your voice. Now, sometimes somebody will ask, you know, if God already knows what I need, then why do I have to ask him for it? Which makes sense. I've asked that, you know. And sometimes I'm praying in my spirit, and I don't give voice to it because I know God is listening already. But my experience also teaches me this. Prayer isn't just about asking God for stuff. It's about asking for stuff in God's presence. Now, there's a difference. There's a difference. Acknowledging my need as a creational human being. So, to recognize your needs before Almighty God is an act of humility and an act of truth. We're being invited into an authentic place when we pray. Okay? We're being invited to worship in spirit and in truth. Tell the truth. And then to ask my needs, to declare my needs, takes me into that vulnerability of transparency. But to do it before God is an act of faith. You following me? And then that act of faith, when you voice your faith before God, declaring your need and then doing it in his presence, it brings, it brings him pleasure when it's done with faith. Hebrews eleven six. 6, without faith it's impossible to please God. Prayer gives us the opportunity to bring faith before God because anyone who comes to him comes to him must believe that he is and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So in prayer, God literally is inviting you into the winner's circle to receive rewards from faith. You don't earn them, but your faith gives pleasure to God, so he responds. It's like in a relationship. That's what we're being invited into. As you draw near to God, the scripture says he will draw near to you. You want to get closer to God, then he will draw near in response. Prayer is how we do that. Now, I bet this is true for you. Sometimes, well, let me say it this way. I bet every time you talk to your mother, you just don't tell her stuff that you want. 
Now, you probably, as you're talking, you might say some things that you have need of, and you might say some things that you want. But chances are, you don't just talk to your mother. You don't just call your mother when you want stuff, when you need stuff. But here's my, presump my presumption. When you tell your mother that you have a need, she may enter the story, try to find out more, and then see how she can help meet that need. Is that right? Now, that doesn't happen with all of our mothers, I realize that, but I got to tell you, it happens with mine, which is why I'm telling you that. If I tell my mother that I have a need, she wants to get into the story a little bit more, find out, and then figure out what can she do about it. And then there's this, your mother loves to hear your voice. Your mom ever told you that? You know, I just love to hear your voice. You don't even have to be talking about anything in particular, don't have anything on your mind, but I just love to hear your voice. Yeah, this is part of what the relational, there's a connection that's happening together, so also with God in prayer. Nobody can give voice to your faith but you, and when you do and God hears your voice of faith from your heart, he loves to hear your voice. Jesus is saying, God it's like a heavenly father who's listening because he cares and he wants to do something. So here's the point. Prayer is about fellowship and connection, not just getting stuff, but a connection that energizes and then builds your confidence in your relationship with God. Does that make sense? 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. This is what John says. This is what he's trying to help us see. This is the confidence, the confidence we have in approaching God. Prayer creates that environment. Prayer is God welcoming you in to make your approach, imagine that, you making an approach to Almighty God. And then as you come closer and you are consciously and spiritually focusing your attention, then He takes us into a deepening intimacy, a spiritual intimacy where we learn how to hear the promptings or the whispers of his spirit guiding us and how his word suddenly seems highlighted on the page to grow, to, to grow in you. And it happens as you become aware of your need and then speak it out in his presence. Bring your requests in prayer. Voicing your requests is an act of humility and vulnerability, but it is also you asking and finding your voice before God. And God loves to hear your voice of faith. But he also likes to hear you voice it in his presence. So now we're getting to some of the deep mystery of prayer. If we ask anything according to his will, what does that mean? What does that mean? It means that you've been paying attention to God. That's what it's assuming, that in your talking with God, you're also paying attention to what God wants. You're starting to think about, well, what does God love? What does God think? What is God feeling? And so when we pay attention to what God wants, we're praying according to his will. John is trying to help us understand that prayer is an opportunity to grow in relationship with God. So that we're offering our requests, but we're also listening and learning about who he is. But prayer isn't just earning favors from God or, um, 
or trying to control or appease the gods the way that the pagans were practicing, especially when John was writing this. He lived in Ephesus, and the temple of Artemis, the pagan goddess Artemis, was there, and there were people who worshiped her and who brought offerings trying to get her blessing by their behaviors or by their rituals. But Jesus says, and John is just reminding us, No, prayer isn't about that. Prayer is a conversation that involves transparency before God. You acknowledge your needs. And then it's about being known. God gets you. And it's about speaking. And then it's also about being heard. And it's also about both sides doing that. So God speaks as well. Perhaps not in an audible voice. It's a lot louder than that. (laughs) Inside and through his word, but John says, if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. What a beautiful picture of building a relationship with God, listening and speaking to each other and growing spiritually. And the writer of Hebrews makes it even more personal, as we heard Rafa mention earlier in our worship. He says, uh, Jesus Christ knows first, in Jesus Christ, God knows firsthand what it's like to be a human in this world. He feels us. He gets us. He knows what it's like and understands us because he went through life as a human being. And so this is what comes out of that. So let us come boldly to receive mercy and find grace to help when we need it most. A part of the mystery that we learn from Jesus is that God's will sometimes involves suffering. That's not always a welcome experience on our part, but it is comforting to us to know if you find yourself in a place of suffering right now, according to God's will, he will meet you and hear you and strengthen you and take you through and even make you an overcomer. Spiritual warfare happens in prayer, usually involving some level of of suffering. Taking on the darkness in obedience to God will bring you into areas of struggle where according to his will, he will then take you through and lift you. Jesus, in the darkest hour of his soul, right before he went to the cross, prayed in the garden, you know, I don't want this. Get this away from me. Take this cup from me. And then how did he pray? He turned it to an according-to-God's-will prayer. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. He was praying according to God's will. And then look what God did. What do we learn in that? Through believing prayer, God is developing us for our heavenly calling. In other words, God isn't restricting us by saying, oh, you can only pray prayers according to my will. No, he's not restricting us. You know what he's doing? He's equipping us. He's saying, if you learn how to love what I love, I will meet you there, and it will bless you there, and you will be lifted and strengthened to new levels of overcoming there. The way God strengthens us and builds us into being spiritual warriors is through prayer as a laboratory encountering the strength of the opposition 
Paul Bilheimer has authored a classic about this. If you'd like a deeper dive into it for your own reading, then I would suggest to you Destined for the Throne is a great devotional in-depth treatment of that. And in it, he simply says this, God did not ordain prayer primarily as a way of getting things done. It is his way of giving the church on-the-job training in overcoming the forces hostile to God. Prayer is where we learn in actual practice how to overcome Satan, how to rise to the next level. And so through suffering and struggle, we learn in prayer how to listen and how to keep fighting and to persevere until the breakthrough comes. So Jesus said this, Revelation 3.21, to him who overcomes, will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Think about that for a moment. Time out. You know what? Jesus doesn't just want to get you to heaven. Do you realize that? Jesus wants you sharing his throne? You mean prayer might be taking me somewhere that I haven't gone yet? Yes, this is God's plan. He said, even as I also overcame and am now set down with my Father in his throne. This is incredible. Through prayer, we learn how to overcome the spiritual opposition and sometimes overcoming. Yes, it does involve suffering. It does involve struggle. It does involve spiritual warfare. But it also involves not giving up. You just don't quit. How long should we keep on praying? Well, I was taught until you get God's answer in your hand or in your heart. You don't stop until he answers. You know, I've been praying prayers for years. I've been meeting with a group of men about Sunset Drive for over 25 years. We're still praying. I've been praying for members of my family, people that I love for years, and I'm not going to stop. Until when? Well, until God's will finds me, until I have the answer in my hand or in my heart. There's a telling story in Daniel chapter 10 where Daniel, he's a mighty man of prayer, but he's been praying and it says that God immediately answered his prayer, but then it took three weeks for the answer to get to him. How does that work? Well, the story says there was a dark spirit being that delayed the message. Sometimes answers to our prayers may be hindered by unseen obstacles. Paul told the people in Thessalonica, you know, I wanted to come to you again and again and again, but each time... Satan blocked my way. So here's the point. Don't be surprised when your prayers and your pursuit of God's will is blocked or delayed or resisted. Just keep on praying. It's through praying that we block and tackle, that we learn how to grow spiritually and how to persevere and how to listen to God's prompting. And then we keep on praying until we receive that answer. Jesus said, ask and don't stop asking. Keep on asking. That's the tense of that verb in the Greek language. Ask and keep on asking. And when that doesn't work, you know what he says? Seek. Don't just sit there and ask. Get up and seek. Go look for it. Seek and keep on seeking. And then, what if that doesn't work? Well, then he says, well, then knock. You're building intensity every time. Knock and keep on knocking. And then he said, because everybody who asks receives, everybody who seeks finds, and everybody who knocks, doors open, doors open. But we just got to keep on 
asking. Until the will of God finds you. So, let's sum up. We have freedom and confidence in Jesus Christ. To speak in God's presence. To let our faith find voice. So, we come boldly, not timidly. We come boldly, eager to learn God's will. Because what we've learned is that when God gets his way, it's really good for us. <laughs> that our will, what we want and desire, is fulfilled in his will. Even if it means sometimes we have to face suffering. But, if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. So we're not just confident in coming. We're certain that our requests are as good as done when we ask them in his will. But I have one more thought. How do we pray when we don't know the will of God? You know, when you've prayed and prayed, it doesn't look like that thing's happening. And you're not certain you're in the will of God. Well, I'll tell you what I do. Um, I ask for the best that I know in light of God's word. And I had that confirmed with Dr. Henry Blackaby, you know, the author of Experiencing God. I asked him the same question. He said, well, here's what I do, Bill, and it's what I do too. So I'm just telling you what both of us do. He said, I ask God for the best I know how to ask. I ask for the best I know how to ask according to his word and in Jesus Christ. What I see honoring Jesus Christ. So what does that mean? That means I always pray for full healing. I always pray for financial blessing. I always pray for success in the project. I, I always pray for salvation to God to show himself mighty. <laughs> and then I say, but Lord, if you have something better, then that's what I want. Right? If you know something I don't know, I'm asking you for the best I know in light of where we're going, and from your word and what Jesus, but Lord, if you have something better, that's what we want. Show yourself. Make yourself known and show yourself mighty in prayer. And you know what? If you don't know how to pray and you're thinking, man, I don't, what's he talking about? Then I would say, would you allow yourself to join me in just a little primer for the next few weeks? Jesus gave us a primer in Matthew chapter 6, the Our Father. Perhaps that's what you learned it as, Our Father who art in heaven. But not just the words. Enter the conversation. You know, Toscanini said, don't just play the notes to the orchestra. Play the music. And so what we want to do is be invited into the music and allow the Spirit to join us in daily reading and daily praying just, just for a few moments in the morning. 10 minutes perhaps, 15 minutes. And so I'm going to be posting reflections and applications and prayers if you would like to join me at the beginning of each day over the next two weeks. You can just follow me at, at Pastor Bill White on Instagram. And, uh, and you know, I, I do it in the morning because, you know, I'm a musician. It's good to tune your instrument before the concert, right? Instead of after. And if you're an athlete, it, you know, you warm up before the game, not after you've been on the field, right? So I start in the morning. If you want to join us in the morning, you're going to find those posted each morning so that you can join us. And perhaps you also relate to this. The most difficult part of a prayer life is starting. So what I want to do is ask you, just start. Start. Start today, but join me tomorrow and just... And, 
and then start getting to know God better. It's not about repeating rote prayers. It's about saying, Lord, I'm here, and I want to get to know you, and then we're going to let Jesus show us how through the Lord's Prayer. You've got questions in your life, and I'm telling you that, um, that the answers are waiting for you there with him, and they won't be found anywhere else, but he wants to give them to you as you show up voicing your faith. So ask yourself, what's holding me back right now? You know, is it laziness? I just don't want to. Is it willfulness? Is it guilt? Is it fear? What is it that's, that's making you stop right now? Is it, I just don't have time? You know, that's a good reason to say, well, it's better to invite God's blessing to multiply your time than to spend yourself going dull because you've overinvested. And then whatever you've identified, then just push through it. Why? Because God loves you, God loves to listen to you, and God wants to hear your voice. God wants to hear your voice give voice to your faith. And then here's the promise that is still in effect today. You will call on me, come and pray to me. I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart, and I will be found by you. God may be saying to you right now, you know what? You feel like you're done, don't you? Like you've been slammed, like you've been trapped. Like the best is back there, not out there. But I want to invite you to meet me right now. And then let's start fresh together and then get to know me. Thinking with an open mind, listening with an open heart, reading with an open Bible, and then perhaps watching with a pen and a paper to mark those promptings down and then be ready to bring the people to God that he brings to your mind, to bring the situation to God that he might show himself mighty on your behalf or that you might be able to be the person who invites the blessing of God into somebody else's life. And I'm also thinking that Jesus said, my house is a house of prayer. And so I want to invite us now, if you would, just to bow with me. But I have sensed Jesus today telling me to invite you to lay your burden down. Some of us, our backs are bent over because we've been carrying a heavy load. And Jesus wants you to lay it down right now in prayer, to just come to him and let it go, to let this be the place where you realize God is listening because he loves you and is going to do what he promised because you're praying according to his will. So this time, Father, we, we invite you to make yourself known to us by your spirit and Lord Jesus, to bring the touch of your healing and renewal and blessing to your children. And friends, brothers, sisters, I want to invite you now, not just to stay seated as you pray, perhaps you'd feel more comfortable finding your knees, or perhaps you'd like to stand and say, Lord, I'm bringing my needs before you now. Or perhaps you would like to just slip out the aisle where you are, the row where you are, and find your way down the aisle and, and bring your burden to this altar 
and let it go. We're not going to linger long, but as God has prompted you, and you have heard his truth, and now you've sensed his spirit, would you enter the story? Would you let God meet you right where you are? Would you draw close to him now? Lord, just say it. Lord, I'm drawing close to you. Draw near to me. I'm laying my burden down. I've carried it long enough, and I believe that you will bring grace and help for my time of need. Amen. Some of us on our knees, some of us standing in his presence, others of us finding our way out the row, and all of us praying for one another right now. Whatever that move is that God is inviting you to make, would you take it now to kneel, to stand, to come, but mostly to pray. For those on your left and right, for those in front and in back. Perhaps it's praying for healing. Lord, we invite your spirit to bring healing and help to our bodies, to our minds. Perhaps it's a pray for financial blessing. Lord, we need our bills to be paid. Our business has taken a turn. Financial hardship is knocking on our door. We're knocking on yours. Perhaps it's for a wayward child. Perhaps it's for a troubled marriage. Perhaps it's for a broken heart. Perhaps it's because you have wandered spiritually and your heart has gone cold. That it's been a long time since you felt the presence of God. And you need to say, Lord, I'm sorry. I've gotten away from you, but I'm coming close to you now. Perhaps you're alone in your room right now joining us online, but I'm inviting you too to find your knees or to stand and bring and surrender your life. Lord, we're coming to you now and we thank you that you hear us and that if we know that you hear us, that you answer us when we ask according to your will. So Lord, would you pour your best blessings down on us as best we can understand as I've already prayed. But if you've got something better than anything we've asked for, we want your will most of all. And friend, perhaps you're joining us today and you sense Something's got to change, and it may be that God is saying to you, enough religion, it's time to get to know me personally. How can you begin your relationship with Jesus? With this prayer, Lord Jesus, I believe you love me. I believe what you did on the cross was because of God's great love for me, removing every obstacle and every sin that separates us, that you are coming for me. So come into my life. Fill me with your spirit according to your will and make me the person you would have me be as I follow you. We make all of these prayers in your name, Jesus. Amen.